48-hour art check, best of podcast. We go live usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us live there in the chats. We take the best parts of those conversations and rip them and put them in this podcast. And today's topic, we are talking about waiting. Waiting instead of doing. So Josh, why don't you kick us off? All right. So um, I'm going to start by quoting a, a little children's book. Um, and hopefully read it quickly and pronounce it correctly. But this is a, a bit from, um, from Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. And uh, so if you guys are unfamiliar, the main character is kind of going off on this journey. Um, and at this point, he's gotten so confused. Okay, so I'm going to basically start from there. So you can get so confused that you'll start in a race down long wiggled roads at a breaknecking pace and grind on for miles across weirdish wild space headed, I fear, towards a most useless place, the waiting place for people just waiting, waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go or the mail to come or the rain to go or the phone to ring or the snow to snow or the waiting around for a yes or no or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting, waiting for the fish to bite or waiting for the wind to fly a kite or waiting around for a Friday night or waiting perhaps for their uncle Jake or a pot to boil or a better break or a string of pearls or a pair of pants or a wig of curls or another chance. Everyone is waiting. No, that's not for you. Somehow you'll escape all that waiting and staying. You'll find the bright places where boom bands are playing. And so it continues from there. And if you guys want, you know, you should buy that book, especially for your kids. Good stuff, Dr. Seuss. But uh, I think that'll that'll hit us off. Yeah. Um, I think the message of that is just um, kind of this experience I think we've all had where, um, like, I'll, I'll just kind of start it off by saying my experience, and then I want to kind of hear your thoughts on it and stuff too. But I remember um, for years, like, I went to art school I picked the school that I picked because there were some cartoonists I admired who went there. And um, I was like, when I get my illustration degree, then I'll be ready to make comics. Right. And, um, and before that, like I do a page or two of comics, but I'd be like, well, I'm not ready yet. Like I need to learn these different skills and acquire these different skills and then I'll be ready. And, um, and I had a lot of that, like most of my life, like I did make stuff. Um, like I made zines and stuff in high school, but I'd be like, but I'm not going to make like a real comic book because I'm just not there yet. Like I haven't picked up the skills. Yeah. And um, I remember it was like, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's happening with my throat. Um, but uh, so I I don't, I had this moment um, my senior year in college and uh it, it was like I was in this like bookmaking class and everybody was making like a kid's book. And I was like, okay, maybe this is the time I should make a comic book. But then I like assessed my skills and stuff like that. And I was like, no, I'm still not ready. And then I remember this night and it's really vivid because it's one of those moments before you, I think, level up. And, and we've had like, we've all had points like that in our careers or lives, but it was like, <clears throat> for me, this really profound realization of like, realizing <clears throat> like if i didn't do it now um tomorrow's not going to be any better like i'm not uh, like 
like I don't know what I'm doing, but um, there's not going to be a point where I know what I'm doing or I have all the skills. Right. And so I just decided um, rather than kind of get older and older and be the guy who's like, I want to be a cartoonist. I want to make comics. I really love comics and like define myself by this thing that I'd never done. Um, it, it would be better to just give it a shot and, yeah. and do it and do it for real and like give it my best effort. And, uh, and that's the comic that, that I ended up submitting for the Zarek grant and getting the Zarek grant for, but like, it's like this huge thing of like, um, I remember when, when I finished it too, just feeling like, Oh, Oh, that's how it's done. Like nobody right. knows, like nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, like Nobody has any idea what's going on. Yeah. Like nobody knows how to make a book. Like nobody <laughs> knows how to, you know, um, how to properly lay out a spread. Like you, you kind of learn and, and then, you, and then you really learn. And, it, and it's much like the animatic you were describing where it's like, you, you kind of learn in theory, it's going to work this way. And then yeah. when you put it in practice, it just all falls apart. And you, and, and when you're picking up those pieces, that's when the real movement starts happening. But, um, but I, but I'm thankful <laughs> I had that moment. Cause I think there's a lot of people um, with a lot of things and projects and, and ideas they have in life that are stuck kind of in that waiting room from, from that Dr. Seuss book and, you know, yeah. um, and kind of waiting for like a superhero or like for an art director or for whatever it is to kind of come and give them the opportunity that they're kind of wanting. And, um, and, and my experience is, has been that I have never really been rewarded <clears throat> for waiting in that manner. So there's, there's different times where maybe waiting's good, but, um, but rarely in that context have I ever been rewarded for waiting. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I was kind of curious, like what your experiences with that and stuff too. Sorry. I didn't mean to jump too heavily into the. Yeah, the topic, no, that's but. fine. I, I've actually been reading, um, rereading a book that I read a little while ago. I've mentioned a couple times, the Icarus deception. And, um, and it got me thinking on this and, and like I normally do, uh, when a thought strikes me as important, I will write about it. And so I actually wrote a thing, um, that probably would have become a video, script on my YouTube channel, but I'm, I'm going to read it here because I think it's applicable. Um, and then and I'll tell you why. Um, before you try, you could be anything. You could do anything because it's all in a possible future. But once you try, the excuse of not having started yet is taken away and you're left with the factual results. Um, the fact of the matter is that potential possibilities are stupid and pointless. Um, they are, they never are anything. Um, Effort, work, sacrifice, on the other hand, are the only things that produce tangible realities. The only way to actually become something is to do that thing until you are that thing. Without effort, there is only talk. Um, those that only talk never become. Uh, so, you know, stop talking about what it is that you wish would happen or what you'd like to do and just do it because action is the answer. And so... Um, the, the reason I feel so strongly about this is because uh, for the longest time as a kid, um, I, I operated out of fear. Um, I operated out of fear because as long as people thought of me a specific way and I didn't make anything that failed, then they could continue thinking of me that way. And I never proved them wrong. I never proved them right. 
but people thought of me as an artist and they thought of me as creative. And that actually terrified me to the point where the possibility of making something that was, that looked bad or that was bad or that, uh, wasn't creative or whatever, um, was so terrifying that I just let people believe something that wasn't actually true because I wasn't doing it. And I, and I actually yeah. lived a significant portion of my life like that. And then what I ha- what happened is that I started making a comic because I wanted to learn how to draw and it was really bad. Um, you know, I was 32 at the time. And so, you know, I, if I could get back, you know, I drew for a little bit as a kid and I kind of tapered off, you know, as I got older, like most people do. I mean, almost everybody draws as a kid. Um, and and it, those 20 to 25 years of me not really doing anything, I, I'd give anything to have that back. Um, cause, cause I mean, in, since 2012, when I started drawing, I feel like I've leveled up significantly. Um, but it's not because I was waiting to get better. It's not because I was, um, you know, uh, it, it wasn't the right time or whatever. It was because I just was like, screw it. I've already wasted decades and yeah. just, I'm just going to jump in. I'm just going to jump in both feet and make a beautiful mess of things. And, uh, and my first comic was terrible. I did, I did over 60 pages of it. And there are some really good shining moments. Like authentically, when I look back, I can say that there, there are some, there's some good things about it. But for the most part, um, it's not something I'm proud of. It's not something that I look back fondly on, except for um, it exists in reality. I made it a thing. And, and it's, it's something that I achieved. It's pages that are underneath my belt. And it's gotten me to where I am today, to where I feel much more confident in a number of skills that I theoretically understood prior to doing that because I, because before I got started on that comic, I read everything that I could come up. I listened to, I listened to all the podcasts. I listened to all the books. I read all the blogs. I, I followed all the people on Twitter and I was just, I was just consuming all of this information, but not producing anything. And so I had a really good intellectual understanding of the process of how it all went because I, I literally spent, hundreds of hours in, in kind of research mode. Um, yeah. And then I still made something bad because that's what happens at the beginning when you're doing it is the application of the thing, the facticity of the thing, the actual reality of the thing is, is much different and way harder than thinking about the thing. And so that's why I, I always kind of jokingly say that ideas are worthless because yeah. everybody has ideas. Um, there's very few people that execute their ideas and there's even fewer people that take the skill and the sacrifice to execute their ideas well, um, because you're not going to do it in the first time. Uh, you have to become something to be able to do it. And the only way you can become something is by doing that thing until you become it. Yeah. 100%. Um, I, I mean, I, I think part of why, when you start becoming kind of a doer instead of just a talker, (laughs) um, you'll notice you'll notice your level of criticism of other people's art drops a lot because um now whenever i see a book whether i like the art yeah i think we both caught something (laughs) um no no no, it's cool it's just funny i think we both have a have a cough um uh but uh but like no no matter um how what i think of of a finished work when I'm looking at it now, there's a part of me that's like, well, they finished it and they got it out there and they got it published and they got through the door somehow. And 
that always comes into mind because that's that's not an easy battle and it does require work and it does require showing up and so um to me i think that um i think you you know i personally was like a bit of a perfectionist and i think most of it was driven by fear before really finishing my first comic um and and i had i had nothing like that kind of anxiety or fear when it came to illustration like single drawings um because that was something i was confident in like mm-hmm. i i could do it and if i spent enough time at it um i knew i'd get better but comics were so daunting and they were something i loved so much and was super critical of um that it like dipping into it was just such a frightening prospect and so but I've never regretted doing it because once you open that Pandora's box, it also gives you a broader appreciation of the, of the artists who've come before um, of, of like people who can do really brilliant things with word balloons. I mean, word balloons, I remember was one of my biggest challenges. Yeah. Um, You know, like certain things with spreads and layout where it's like you, you start doing, and then it, it makes you realize like why certain things exist um, why certain things don't work. Uh, and, and it really does kind of put you in the ring and, you know, whether you get knocked out or not, like it, it at least it gets you in the ring. Um, it, to me, there's nothing that irritates me more as a creator. Um, but sometimes it can be exciting. Um, sometimes it can be irritating hearing someone who calls himself like a poet and then they're not writing poetry. Yeah. Or they call themselves an author and they're not writing books or journalism or whatever it is they feel like they're called to do. Yeah. Um, they call themselves like a fantasy writer and they've never written any fantasy. Like they call themselves an artist. I met a lot of these people in art school. Most of them were in illustration majors because they wouldn't cut it in the program with that kind of thing. But they dress <laughs> like artists, you know? Yeah. Like they have an art, art lifestyle. It was just their their mystique and it's like no art's not a mystique it's an act yeah and uh and if you're it's an action and if you're not doing that action then you're not an artist you know yeah um and so so like i guess my point is like um like it can be scary but not doing is is the death of of ideas yeah so like like what Corey was saying about ideas being stupid, I agree, except when they're acted on. Yeah, then they're um, awesome. Like, yeah, exactly. Milton Glaser, the I Heart New York, that's a brilliant idea. There might have been 20 guys before who thought of that idea and never put it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. He put it down, made a deal with the city. It's one of the most litigiously protected graphic designs <laughs> on the planet. But it's it's deservedly so because he was the guy who got to it. He's the guy who he actually thought of it, put it down, designed it, marketed it, hustled it, got it out there. And, and that's how that happens. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think one of the important things to understand is that um, there's a hierarchy in, in most of our minds that I think is totally incorrect. And that hierarchy is that um, failing or whatever you want to call that, making something bad, making something that proves that you're not who you have been professing to be, um, you know, making something that isn't as good as as you've been critical of or whatever, um, that that is somehow worse than not doing something. 
Um, and there's even a quote, you know, like uh, better to um, better th to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than open your mouth and prove everyone correct, you know, or something like that. I actually think that the hierarchy should be this. It should be success is best. Failure is really good. Um, and then under that is is unmet potential, which actually is should be more shameful and, yeah. and worse than failure because when I go out there and I make something and it's bad, um, I've made something. It took effort. It took work. It took sacrifice. I did that thing uh, at the expense of other things that I could have been doing. Yeah. And so there was an opportunity cost to that. There, there is an expenditure of value in that thing. And just because it didn't work out doesn't mean that it's better than not having tried. Um, you know, and, and I think the quote that really uh, meets this is, you know, better to have loved and lost than never loved at all, um, you know, is because like having that experience and doing that thing, uh, even if it doesn't work out uh, in the end, is way better than never realizing anything. And I, and I think this goes back to a couple, a couple different books that, that we talk about often. Uh, one is uh, Die Empty. Um, Todd Henry. I always get Todd Henry and Jed Henry confused, but Todd Henry, uh, the Accidental Creative Podcast, he wrote a, a series of books. One is um, Herding Tigers, which is one that I want to read soon because it's about managing creative teams. Um, but the one before that was called Die Empty. And he talks about this idea of um, the most expensive land uh, in the world. And people are like, oh, you know, it's, you know, the, the penthouse in Tokyo or it's whatever. And he says, no, the most expensive land is cemeteries because that's where all the potential ideas that were never realized exist. That's where all the best, um, mm -hmm. novels and poems and books and, um, and movies and animations. And they, they died with their, their would-be creators who never did anything. The other thing that comes to mind is Stephen Pressfield's War of Art, where he talks about beings beyond time. There are things that are outside of time. He calls them angels, but he also says you can call them whatever you want. You know, you call them muses, call them genius, call them inspiration, call them the universe, whatever you want. And those beings have these ideas and they are just waiting for somebody who's willing to make the sacrifice to execute those ideas because until those things exist in time, they have no value. And so he said, you know, maybe Mozart was just the first one that listened that was willing to go through the work to bring that from this um, outside of time realm into time. Um, but it doesn't mean that it was the first one that the muses or the angels or the genius tried to whisper it to. And so this, this idea that something doesn't have value until it is realized in facticity, in reality, in this, in, you know, it's brought forth into this, into this dimension of time um, where, where things are tangible and exist, I really, really like that idea because, like we said before, I think it's really important to understand that ideas are exceptionally valuable, but only when they're only when they're executed poorly or successfully. But otherwise, they are worthless, and they're worse than worthless because they have potential that is being unmet that should be met because yeah. you've been given that idea. And whatever you believe on the scale of, of wholly religious to the scale of wholly atheistic... You have to believe that there is something that causes your mind to be different from your brain. And there's something that causes 
your mind to have these ideas and whatever you believe that is, whether you believe it's a biological imperative, whether you believe it's some sort of uh, shared thought with the rest of humanity, whether you believe it's uh, it's angels, the you know uh, some sort of inspiration, some sort of whatever that is, past ancestors, you have to believe that there's some sort of ethereal outside of time thing that is trying to realize these ideas and the only way that that can happen is through us and the only way that that can happen is through us sacrificing things and doing it. And so that's why... It drives me nuts when people say, because I just got this comment on my YouTube channel uh, a, a few days ago. Somebody said, oh, I'm really excited about this. Um, in a couple of years when I start my project, when I'm ready, I'm totally going to you know, do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, why, why would you wait a couple of years? Just do it now. Just do yeah. it right now. What's stopping you? Nothing's stopping you. Just do it. Yeah. And, and I think um, <clears throat> the way I'd put it is like, to me, I'd rather be broke and innovating and creating um ra rather than be mediocre comfortable and wealthy um to me mediocrity should be the last thing we're, we're attempting in, in this whole experiment you know of, of living i think you know um does that mean we should all be trying to be like pro footballers no <laughs> but um but we should be trying something we yeah. should be trying to kind of follow whatever that is. That's, that's the thing that we're supposed to be doing. And if you feel like you're put on this earth to like, you know, um, to like smooth pavement when it sets, I mean, there's, there's a career for that. And like that, if that's your passion, like chase it and do it. And then when you're doing it, I can't imagine you going home from that and, and feeling bad about that. Cause yeah. it's what you feel like you were put here to do. Um, there's some people I've met who like love being servers at restaurants. Like they, they, they love it. They, they like to wait on tables and they actually enjoy the whole interaction with people and stuff. Yeah. And, and like, I, I've literally met old waitresses and waiters who like, that's like, they're living the dream. Like that's their dream. That's their thing. They like to be around people. They like to please people and give them, you know, uh, food and stuff like that. And that for them, that's kind of their thing. But I think for creatives, for people who like have that bug, you know, which I think would be most of the people who listen to this thing, um, you know, the bug isn't worth anything until you do something with it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the key thing is like, you know, you if you're a creative, you have something that you want to say. And uh, if you're not saying it, it's it's wind, you know, it's just it's it's kind of a, a pointless endeavor so i think we're in agreement on this i'm sure maybe there's somebody out there who who might disagree if you guys disagree let us know in the chats if you agree with us let us know in the chats a, a, a good challenge um for those of you listening like is there something that you've been waiting to work on um for a reason is there a reason it's on pause yeah. and uh is the only acceptable reason in my head is um if you're working on a project already <laughs> right yeah if you've got if yeah. you've got one that you're already doing because we've all got that and, yeah. and i don't think there's any shame in that uh the other the other thing that i want to bring up um that I, and i think this is really important is if you are currently making something and it's not good you should be proud of that like you should be proud of the fact that you're making something i, I remember uh i played football in high school and i remember my football coach saying there's going to be 3,000 people in the stands and 50 people that suit up. 
And there's a reason that there's 50 people that suit up and 3,000 people in the stands is because this is hard. It hurts. It's worth it. But it hard. it's hard and it hurts. And, uh, and there are very few people that execute. Um, and there are tons of people that watch. There are tons mm-hmm. of people that watch from the stands. And so even if you're currently making something and, and you're like me and you're like, oh, man, this could be so much better. Um, remind yourself that you're making something and that others aren't. And not, not by way of making yourself feel better than them, but just the fact that you are, you are rare amongst human beings, that you are doing something um, that is more than just being entertained, that is more than you're required to do, and that it'll get better. Um, that you will get better, that your work will get better, um, the situation will improve because um, this universe rewards effort. Um, it, it rewards good work. And, and kind of like if you haven't watched the last episode on Momentum, um, go, go, go watch or listen to that episode because uh, I think Josh and I are both kind of in that, in that right now. Like I have had an incredible few days after several weeks of real struggle and really just fighting um you know resistance and like everything and and nothing nothing outside of my own brain and heart were really like causing any of these problems i didn't have any excuses i didn't have any reasons why i was fighting but it was just just a slog through the mud and then i hit this stride and i had been firing on all cylinders for a few days and i and i think that's because i was willing it's not because anything has changed with me, but just because the world rewards effort and I was willing to make those sacrifice consistently enough to where it eventually paid off. And now I'm on that downhill where I'm getting as much as I possibly can. And there's going to be another hill that I have to go up at some point in time. And that's when I need to remember that the world rewards this sacrifice and this effort that creatives do. Awesome. And I'm going to let Corey end on the high and I'm going to end on a low. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is which is a good conversation or thought to have as a creative. Um, not don't dwell on it, but it's a good thought experiment. And and so, um, you know, as a creative, you should be having deathbed conversations in your head yep. occasionally. Um, and what I would like to kind of propose out there is, if tomorrow you got hit by a bus, um, and you're put in critical condition in the hospital, you can't draw anymore. Um, are you going to be able to be in in the hospital and know that you put every effort you could into making the thing you wanted to make and that it's kind of out of your hands. Cause I think I could rest easy with that. Like for myself. Yeah. But I know that if like this graphic novel, if I weren't doing the work every single day um, and then that happened to me, I would be so pissed at myself For, for not taking advantage of the time when my hands were working, when everything was working, when my health was here, you know, when I could actually do it. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's a huge thing uh, as a creative. If you feel like there's a story you have to tell, there, we're not on limitless time. And that's, that's, that's one of the things that, um, unfortunately, it took me a long time to realize. Like, I started in comics way later than I should have. I should have been doing completed comics when I was in junior high and just stapling them and going to comic conventions and selling them. That's what I should have been doing. Um, and, and I don't regret, you know, the past cause that's, that's useless. But my point is, um, you know, time is a limited quantity and if you're not using it, 
to do the thing you feel like you're supposed to be doing here, then like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that to me is like, that's something that keeps me going on it too. It's more on the negative, but it's still, I think a really important thing. Um, and it could be a topic all on its own, I'm sure, but that. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So those of you, those of you that are listening and watching to this, uh, in, in the, in the comments, we'd love to hear, uh, what, what is stopping you and what are you going to do about it? And, uh, yeah. and I understand that articulating that and typing that is, is a vulnerable situation. Um, and so if you don't want to do that publicly, you know, don't do that publicly, that's fine. But, uh, if you do do that publicly, I think it'll help. Um, but if you, if you don't want to do it in this chat, do it somewhere. Um, yeah. tell someone that you trust or write it down in your journal or something, but really get that outside of your head. Because once you realize that it's outside of your head, um, it becomes something other than you. And it's something that you can pick apart. Um, because inside of your head, it feels like part of you and, it, and it's a problem because it feels logical to, to believe those type of things, but it's actually not, um, yeah. it's actually not. And so if you feel like you're being held back, um, because you're waiting to be better, you're waiting to do this, you're waiting for whatever, you know, you're in that waiting place and you're not acting, um, really analyze why. And, uh, and you should do something about it today. Um, do something about it right now, because, um, that's the only way um, that you're going to you're, you're going to move past that. Um, so Ma Matthew in the chats just said, I agree. My daughter who loves drawing asked me questions about making a comic. I showed her my first mini comic and told her that when I look back on it and see how far I have come since then. Oh, he didn't finish his thought. <laughs> oh, no. I thought you had finished your thought. That's okay. um, I'm sure he's typing. There I'm imagining. I'm imagining it's uh the the I'm imagining the rest of it is when when he sh showed her you know how far he's come since then you know he he was kind of proud of of that progress and I'd imagine that would be inspiring for somebody just starting out yeah yeah if if I um if I were to show you know like my first drawings to you guys I th I think you would be encouraged because like most of us don't start out um, brilliant or good and 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 you know, even currently, I'm not where I'd like to be. Um, I, I found I'm my, hoping I found my more pages. I found my 2012 sketchbook. I'm probably nice. gonna, I'm probably going to do a video where I'm flipping through, uh, <laughs> showing it because some of that stuff is rough, man. But I mean, that's that's part of the process is being able to say, you know, and and what Matthew's saying here, I can totally relate to, because um, it's like. You know, I made a thing and I remember, I remember feeling this way about my mom, who's an artist. I remember t telling her when I was like five or six, I would draw something and then I would look at what she drew and I would be like, oh man, you're so much better than me. And it was like, really, it was like a real downer, like how much better she was than me. And she kept telling me, honey, I'm so much older than you are. I've been doing this for so much longer. You know, you just got started doing this and that's totally okay. And, um... And I was like, no, it's not. I suck. I'm bad at this and whatever. And now I see my daughter saying and doing the same things that I was doing, you know, and she's just like, it, it doesn't take you any time at all to draw something that's so good. And I'm like, no, it took me years to draw this. <laughs> like, it's like, you have yeah. to understand that. And so there is that thing. But then also the other thing is when, when I talk to my kids and I'm like, hey, look at this, you know, I made this. And the reason that I was able to make it is because I, I, I've been doing this every day for, for a few years they can see that there's work and that there's effort and that there's, and there's stuff. And then, and then, you know, seeing that path, I think is really helpful up close because 
um, if you only see it from a distance, you think it's kind of magic. Or we're kind yeah. of getting off um, on, on a topic here, but... No, yeah. no, no. Um, I, I, I think that ties in a little bit to, to something I experienced in teaching, which is um, some of my favorite students were usually the B students. Um, because some of the kids who came in with like mass talent, um, you know, came into like classes with that, wouldn't put in as much effort as the kids who weren't naturally all that great coming right. in. And so what I'd end up seeing is like the kind of A student would kind of come in like, like this and just kind of maintain. Yeah. They plateaued. And, and meanwhile, um, the B student, like here's here, uh, I'm trying to get this across, but anyhow, here, I'll do, I'll do B. Yeah, yeah. So the B student would gradually sneak up and start leveling up and surpass the A student by the end of the semester. And the A student by the end of the semester would be like in shock. Yeah. Oh, I'm not the best kid in the class anymore. And um, that was like my favorite students <laughs> yeah. because um, they put in the work and leveled up and, and that's, that tends to be how you get rewarded. So the thing that's weird about the whole talent fear that a lot of people have in the fake culture, we've talked about this before, um, but it's like, there's a cultural kind of um, uh, idea of like this genius that just hits you and you're, you know, painting people like you know one of their french girls or whatever <laughs> like you're it, it, it's it's like this art thing is just a feeling and you're you're just naturally gifted there is natural gifts i think but what's interesting about natural gifts versus hard work is natural gifts tend to plateau plateau and stay the same whereas and, and actually create a sense of um like entitlement and uh, uh i'm trying to think of the word complacency where yeah. you're just kind of you're where you're at. Um, but the neat thing about kind of hard work is, is you're, you're not content and you're constantly striving and struggling to get better. And that usually leads to some kind of crossing the natural talent. Um, but that could be a whole other topic too. Oh, yeah. um, Matthew finished his story. You know, why don't you finish it off? Corey? <laughs> yeah. So he said, uh, my daughter who loves drawing asked me questions about making a comic. I showed her my first mini comic and told her that when I look back on it and see how far I've come since then, I finished it. And that was a big step in making more and getting better. I showed her my first sketchbook and showed her how far she had, um, or how far she has already come. And so, yeah, and I think, I think that's a really good point. So no matter where you are kind of on this journey, if you're yeah. doing it, uh, you'll be able to look back and see progress. Um, because doing it and, and action is the only way um, to change what you are and so that you can become something better rather than claiming to be something and never executing on that. Um, and yeah. I, I, think that's a good, I think that's a good comment to end on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So if you want to check out stuff that we have done and it exists and we have brought it into time, uh, then you can go to Joshua Kemble's uh, thing and go to quarterlystories.com. You can check out my stuff at coreykerr.com. If you're listening to this audio after the fact, we would love um, a five-star review on whatever app you are listening to. And uh, one thing that I heard, and I'm going to say this, um, I normally don't do the salesy thing, but I do want to do the salesy thing right now because I heard this on a podcast and I thought, hey, that's a really good idea. Um Sometime, sometime tomorrow, uh, I want you to tell 
I want you to tell at least two other people about this, uh, whether it be whether it be the the YouTube channel or the podcast. Um, just just two people that you think might enjoy listening to this. Just just share it with them. Um, and and because if you do that, uh, hopefully we're bringing value into into people's lives. Um, at, at the very least, we're giving you something to listen to while you while you make stuff. And so um, that can't be bad. And uh, yeah. anyway, so yeah, there's that. It's reasonable. Two people. Yeah, everybody knows two people. Okay, we'll catch you guys in a couple days. Have a good weekend. Bye.